This podcast may contain graphic and or explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners, especially kids like me. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Real Life Podcast brought to you by the Thin Blue Line for Women. In this podcast, We open up and talk about real-life issues as they relate to first responders. It's raw, it's real, and it's about time. I'm Tamara, your host. Thanks for joining me. I want to take the time to thank the following people for monetarily supporting the Real Life Podcast. Thank you to Ron, Cammie, Katie, Anne, Paul and Kelly. Please consider supporting the Real Life Podcast. Your support of just 99 cents makes a huge difference and it helps to pay for the program used to record the guests. To donate, just simply click the box in the anchor link that says support and it also has a dollar sign in it. It really does go a long way. Just 99 cents a month helps so much. Thank you all. Today, I'll be talking with Terry Armenta. She's the owner and director of Forensic Training Unlimited. The Forensic Science Academy program has been recognized as the premier training program completely dedicated to students who are launching their forensic career. The Academy offers specialized hands-on training modules in basic and advanced crime scene investigation, forensic photography, fingerprint identification and classification, crime scene management, and coroner investigations. Instruction is offered in the form of weekend workshops, online courses, webinars, and seminars. Training at the Academy of Forensic Science will give students the competitive edge employers and agencies are looking for when hiring. Past graduates are now working as crime scene investigators, private investigators, forensic pathologists, coroner investigators, forensic nurses, forensic accountants, and criminalists. The courses are taught by forensic professionals who are experts in the field and hold membership in the International Association for Identification and other professional forensic organizations. For more information, visit ForensicScienceAcademy.org. Now let's talk to Terry Amenta. We are on today with Terry Armenta. She's the owner and director of Forensic Training Unlimited, based in Southern California. Hi, Terry. Hi, How are you? I'm doing very, very well today. Thank you. Good. Can you tell us a little bit about your background before we get into um, the niche of what we're going to talk sure. about? Sure. Um, once upon a time, not too long ago, um, I had the notion that I wanted to be in law enforcement uh, because my drive to help people, I thought that was the natural progression. And I did a little bit of time for Orange County Sheriff's uh, about 16 months as a reserve officer three. And I realized that I did not want to do that. I stumbled upon a forensic training program uh, based here at a community college, and I completely fell in love with um, the whole notion of combining science 
with helping people because I'm a big science geek. I love science. And that's what my background is. So long story short, I was uh, uh, pre-med and I realized I didn't want to save anybody. Um, so it's true. Uh, and I did some volunteer work uh, as um, assisting with pharmacy in a hospital setting. And I didn't want to do that. So when I stumbled upon the forensic training program, again, when it was held at a community college, I realized that was my calling. I really wanted to combine that. And it, it birthed my, my teaching career, as well as launching and taking forward my current uh, businesses to a, a higher level. So I combine that whole thing because I, I have a, a degree in business as well as chemistry. And I, again, was a reserve officer, but I, it just didn't click for me, but I realized I still wanted to, to help people. So I just parlayed it to what I'm currently doing now. Wow. So chemistry, I, <laughs> I cannot even imagine having a degree in chemistry. You're uh, crazy. <laughs> I, I love the whole science thing. Um, I, it's just, a, it's a natural thing. You know, people just love math. I can't stand it. So there is hope for you out there. If you love chemistry and biology, but you don't like math, you can still do it. So I just kind of found my own little way to do things. And again, when I was asked to teach in the academy, the Forensic Science Academy, when it was at the two-year college, I just fell in love with it. And I fell in love with teaching as well. So I was able to combine both. It was a great experience. Great, great, great. Well, so then what led you to create your business, the Forensic Training Well, at, at the time, and we're talking about uh, probably 2011 or so, uh, California was hit with budget cuts after budget cuts after budget cuts, especially for programs that are aligned with a uh, high school or a college. So, but they, they don't offer a degree program. So unfortunately at the time, um, uh, I was asked to teach uh, and develop a DNA portion of uh, within the Forensic Science Academy, again, when it was held at the two-year college. And I did that because that's what my background is. And um, But then budget cuts hit, and I realized that it wasn't going to be a very long-lasting tenure of, of teaching. At the time, that program was run by my mentor, Dr. Janice Cavanaugh, and she was getting ready to retire. And she basically said, here, kid, it's all yours. And so I had this entire program, but I didn't have a place to call home because California had a budget cut. It was at that time that I thought, hmm, let me turn it into a business. And I did. So in 2013, I did that. I had the Forensic Science Academy. Again, it's, on, it's a hands-on training, so it was on site. But also at that time, it was a big experience to have and offer online training programs because at the time, uh, yeah, some colleges and two-year uh, colleges were offering that, but it wasn't the boom that we have now. And so I created a company called Forensic Training Unlimited, which is the umbrella of the online training as well as the Forensic Science Academy. So that's on my, my other life. I have still another life too. I'm currently and still have been employed at a research center in Pasadena called uh, City of Hope. I've been there for the past 21 years and I work in a research department. I'm a supervisor there. So that's how I got my, my love for science and DNA. And I just kind of transferred it over to a forensic setting. So I got a day life and I got a night life. So there we go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, so your forensic training unlimited, it's online, right? And Correct. it's on site. Both. Mm -hmm. So, 
So if so if if they're not so if someone's not in California, and it, like say say here in Tennessee where I live, say I wanted to actually, you know, become a crime scene investigator, and I'm in Tennessee, can I take your class? Can yes, you can take the online classes. But here's the thing, um, and I, you know this, you you can't mimic right as of now. You can't mimic a hands-on training. Portion. You just can't. When you want to do um, collection of evidence or ballistics or something like that, you can teach the theory and we can provide that for you. But I always encourage students, you're still going to have to learn these hands-on training because you that is the most valuable thing, whether you're going to learn how to cook or drive or whatever. I can tell you, this is how you drive in the snow, but unless you know how to do it, you, you don't. So the online classes are great because it will supplement and also introduce students that may not know what it's all about. And then hopefully they can parlay that or put that to good use as they go to even a further um, training program, which I know there there are some that are limited, but there are ways around that, you know, to get hands-on training. And uh, I have some creative ways, but hey, if you're in Southern California, (laughs) we're here for you. Right. So, so what if somebody, you know, uh, again, in another state wanted to sign up, how many different programs do you have or like courses and, and how much do, does that cost per se? And, and also, I'm sorry, I have a loaded question here. And then like when they're finished, do they print out a certificate? Do they have a degree? Like right. what do they have? Okay. So let's break it down for the forensic training unlimited, which offers primarily the, uh, the online classes. We are working on having a uh, basic crime scene, advanced crime scene, and photography approved by the state of California online, okay? So it's, yeah, the Bureau of Post-Secondary and Private Education. So we're working on that because a lot of students may not know that this is the route to take or, you know, you're in college, but you don't know how to look for a job and what type of training. So we have that that's going to be approved by the state of California. Then we have classes that, um, um, for instance, uh, how to get a job in forensic science, how to create a bindle, and things like that, basic theory type classes. And then we are going to be offering uh, a hybrid um, class as well, which part of it is online and the other part is on site. So for example, I'll pick on you. You're in Tennessee, but you can't come to California every single weekend. So part of it is going to be online. And then the other part, two weekends a month will be on site. So we're working on that. So that's just all under Forensic Training Unlimited. Our on-site program, the Forensic Science Academy, is the uh, premier program that offers over 200 hours of hands-on training. And that goes from fingerprints to um, crime scene investigation, forensic entomology, We have a couple of seminars in there as well, which includes uh, mass shootings, things like that. And we also take the students to a forensic training seminar conference, which uh, I'm a member of Southern California uh, Association of Fingerprint Officers. And every four months they offer a training and we take our students there. So we try to have everything that the students will be subjected to. I kind of like it when it rains here and they get to do their mock crime scenes outside, or we try to, we tell them, do not leave your crime scenes because I will come around or one of my instructors and take a piece of evidence. And then they have to quote unquote defend that. Well, oh my gosh, my report doesn't match up to that. So we do things that I'm sure you're used to that we try to do the do's and the don'ts. So the Academy in itself, uh, it's, uh, like I say, it's about a six month long program, 200, over 200 hours. 
that currently that is uh, four thousand um, dollars. And then the other uh, online classes, it just depends upon what uh, program that they want to take and what classes they want to take it. We have classes that are free, educational things, and then we have free resources. And then the classes go up to about uh, $1,500. It just depends on the program and the classes. Now, if now if they take these courses, um, do you honestly think that they're going to be able to go to a department and get hired oh. somewhere? Yes. I mean, is this yes. give them a yes. leg in? I have, I, I, I can probably count. I need your, your hands and feet too. We, we have over, I think the last count now go stemming from when I took the program in 2000. So from 2000 to now, it is, I think we're approaching about 400 students that are already in, in, in positions. So here's the thing. Wow. Um, and I have to say this, you know, some students might think, Hey, you know, Terry, if I take the program, I can automatically get in. Will this guarantee me a job? The answer is no, because agencies, they want two year, four year, they want, you know, experience. They, they want to say, Hey, how many uh, fingerprints have you lifted? You know, what type of pattern, you know, all those things. So I tell students, yes, this will give you the advantage, but it's really up to you to figure out what are the agencies asking for. If if it's between you and I and you have the degree that is, is necessary and I don't and you have the experience, same experience that I have at, at the academy, most likely they will choose you because agencies want the exactly. degree. And nowadays with online right. programs, you can get the degree Um you know, what, whatever you need to do in whatever schedule you have, you can do it. People can do it. So no, it's not a, Oh, here you go. Um, so I always have to say that there are obviously factors that I am not in control of. And the agency has to do that in order to, to say, Hey, you're the best candidate. Also, you know what, if your credit isn't great, if you have some things called tickets, your background's not the greatest. Um, you know, that is going to put you not in the best opportunity to get a position. So I know it's, it's commonplace for you and I, but I've had to tell that to, to students. So, yeah. Okay. Now I was reading on your website last night and your website is forensicscienceacademy.org. Correct. That's correct? where you got right. The onsite. And every, if you go to that one, it, it'll read, it'll point you to the online classes as well. Okay. I mean, I was reading all the different kinds of trainings that you have. So I was looking at, okay. I'm going to read these. So we have a see a basic and advanced crime scene investigation, which I've gone through. Um, forensic photography, which I've completed as well. Fingerprint identification and classification. Now, I can't stand the classification part of it. Now, we in my department, we had separate people. They were called ID technicians, and they would sit up in a room and just look and look at and read fingerprints all day long. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That is not for me. I can't do I that. I hear you. I don't like um, them <laughs> And then you've got crime scene management. That's, that's amazing. Corner investigations. I mean, you've got so many things written down here. Foren you can be a forensic pathologist. Yes, we have that. And then we have uh, one of my favorites. Is, uh, we just added the module forensic entomology. We have a forensic entomologist. She comes in and she, she brings her bugs and part of the, the academy is that, yeah. you know, we go on to, I know, field trip um, and she's already put uh, her specimens underground for, for us, for actually for the students to, 
discover, to dig up. So that's one of a, a good thing. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, actually a former student, he works for uh, Orange County, and uh, he's developing a drone class because a lot of drones are now being used in crime scene investigations. So we we do that. Uh, we, we try to change it every year because technology changes and interest changes and whatever we need to do in order to train the students so they can have that competitive edge. That's what we'll do. You know, that drone thing is interesting because um, on on some big, huge, uh, high, neuro- high notoriety scenes, we'd have to get up in STAR, which is our helicopter. We called it STAR. And we, as CSI, would have to get up in the helicopter and, and fly around with them. And they're circling and circling. And I'd become so sick. And I'm like, will you just hold still so I could take these pictures? And man, how awesome. I mean, I love flying in the helicopter, but I would get sick every time. And so then I felt sick the rest of the day, which wasn't fun. But with the use of a drone, that that would eliminate right. all of that. You know, you can just- it eliminates that. And plus, you know, maybe your your unit needs to be, you know, be called somewhere else. So if you, you your agency has a drone, you can use that, and then the helicopter can be used for something else. So the technology is there uh, before, probably before you know you and I even had thought about things like that. It's all there, and we keep up with the technology because of all of the instructors that we have. They are experts in their field. They are, uh, some are IAI certified. Uh, they all belong to forensic organizations. So um, they know their stuff and they don't hold back. Uh, I think we're the only academy, I think, uh, that we'll also t- teach latent, pr- I mean, uh, palm prints as well. We're doing palm prints, yeah. Oh yeah, I, yeah palm prints yeah. are awesome, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of suspects, I will say, don't use their fingers at all. They use their right. palms. And I loved, you know, and, and you know, what's interesting about that, Terry, is in our jails, we would only fingerprint people and skip the palms unless, unless it was a felony. And it was like, no, you need to do the palms every single time because you have to have those in the database or else you're not going to catch them next time, you know? So we started doing palms all the time for every crime, misdemeanor and felony. So let's take a quick break because when we come back, I want to talk to you more and get get in detail about about like accounting, veterinary, engineering, and wildlife. You were talking to me about that, and that kind of interests me. I want to talk to you more about that. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for Thin Blue Line gear? It's available on our website at thinbluelineforwomen.com. That's Thin Blue Line, the number four, women.com. Show your support for law enforcement and get your Thin Blue Line gear today. Just click on shop at thinbluelineforwomen.com. And we're back with Terry. Now, I want to ask you about um, something you were talking to me about the other day. And when people think about CSI, they think about policing, right? There are cops out there and there are crime scene investigations, but it goes deeper than that. With forensics, there's forensic accounting, veterinary forensics, there's engineering and wildlife. That piques my interest. Talk to me about that. Okay. Uh, actually, um, <clears throat> there was a student of mine that went through the academy and her background wasn't the greatest. So at every agency that she applied to, it was a big fat no. Um, so one night uh, calls me up and she's frustrated in tears. What am I going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I told her the following, you need to look outside of what you're looking at. 
What other industries, what other companies require investigative skills? Long story short, she is now uh, and still is the uh, primary investigator for Mercury Insurance because some people, you know, they sometimes say lie about <laughs> the accidents that they've gone into. So she got into that. So as as forensics has bloomed and the whole industry of crime scene investigation has has been saturated. There are more and more avenues to apply this, this investigative techniques to different types of industries. So let's take a um, look at accounting. You know, some people hide money. Let's say if there's a, a corporate takeover or perhaps a divorce, right? Um, both parties or one or the other, they want to hide money. Who are they going to hire to find that? A forensic accountant. Um, forensic engineering as well. They generally will... Uh, determine how great uh, the stress was on a particular building or who was at fault, you know, who was building this bridge. There's been a couple of bridge collapses and they'll call in a forensic engineer to, to obviously investigate that and see what any type of structure flaws, things like that, to hold people or companies responsible. So we're looking at a bigger boom of applying forensics to different types of industries. Veterinary uh, forensics is probably one that touches my heart. I'm a big pet lover. I've got, seems like a zillion of pets. And then nowadays, people who abuse their pets uh, are being subjected to stricter laws. So sometimes, you know, investigative will look like the, the veterinarian doing that pathology on that particular pet or pets to determine cause of death. And you can use that when an individual who is suspected or been charged of abuse, animal abuse, and then they go to trials, right? So there's a whole type of specialized training for individuals, veterinarians, animal health technicians, things like that, people like that who are using the forensic type investigations that you and I are used to, but in their own field. Wildlife is the same thing. There's a lot of uh, people doing that because again, want people want ivory. They, they want to get wildlife uh, animals and they want to keep them as pets, things like that. So the forensics being applied to almost any industry that you can think of, it is out there. Uh, as I said before, my former student who's an investigator for Mercury Insurance, she uses all the techniques that she learned in the academy to her everyday job. So it's not just just limited to what you and I are used to or what people think, oh, what crime scene investigation is all about or forensics or even forensic pathology, it's its just a big wide thing. And I think it's going to get even bigger as we move forward and how we can apply different techniques to what we're already doing. So to make it better, to make the industries better, that's what they're using forensics for. Wow. I never even thought about forensics in any of those things you just said. Honestly, like, okay, so take accounting. If someone's getting divorced, that lawyer is not going to sit there and look at records upon records upon bank statements, they hire a forensic accountant. I didn't even know that. Yeah, That's exactly. interesting. Yeah, and so, and so, okay, you talked about the veterinary forensics. Isn't it a federal crime now for animal abuse? Yeah. It's so, federal, a felony, right? Yeah. Felony. So more and more people, you know, with everyday, you know, or cell phones and ring on the door and things like that, we can capture, unfortunately, those images where people, for whatever reasons, they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, right. especially to their pets or, you know, neighbor's pets. I'm all for that. They should not, uh, they should be accountable and be held accountable by every single law that every single state should, should employ. 
Right. But and so in engineering, I didn't even think about that, that, that if a bridge collapses or a building collapses, somebody has to answer for that. I didn't even, I didn't even think about any of these things. So yeah, if, I guess if you're listening to this podcast and you want to go into forensics, here's four more that, that, are open to you. Right. I mean, now, you know, we've, we've heard about forensic nursing and nurses, they are specialized in what they do on the medical side, but for individuals who've been victims of sexual assault, things like that evidence needs to be collected, but an RN may not know how to collect it. So they go to specialized training, which we offer as well. There's a big association here in Southern California for forensic nurses. So it's that specialized training that you need to have in order to what preserve the evidence so it can be used later. And there won't be a question of that. The evidence has been contaminated. It wasn't collected properly, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's employed in that as well. Right. And when you're talking about the forensic nursing and we had, you know, rape kits. And so every time we needed a rape kit done, there was a very minimal amount of people in our County that were able to actually perform that rape kit. We could not do it. You know, we can't, we can't put a pair of gloves on and go nitpick at someone's genitals. You know, right. you just, you can't do that. Um, it takes a qualified person for that. So yeah, you're right. That that's, um, that's nursing. Forensic nursing is, is huge too. What else are we forgetting? Is there anything else forensics, forensic wise that, that people can get into without actually becoming a police officer? Well, are we forgetting something? You don't, you know, for some of these, the forensic positions, especially here, uh, you don't have to be um, uh, in law enforcement. Uh, there, there's some in, in different countries that you have to be in law enforcement in order to be forensics. But especially here in Southern California, they're all civilians. And so, and I understand why they've done it that way. But sometimes the law enforcement individuals may not be trained forensically, so they may miss things um, or they may think, well, it's not of use right now. I'll come back and get it. And then that it's not it's no longer there. Um, agencies you know, and companies, private companies, they are employing forensics in, in, like I said before, in any type of avenue where it includes or requires some type of specialized training in investigations. So even though you might have forensic training, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be labeled as a forensic investigator, but you will be using those techniques that you've learned in a forensic training program such as ours to get your job done. So it just kind of depends upon where you're headed. I mean, I've had people, for instance, uh, the accounting, I had an accountant person, a CPA had, had his degrees, but he wanted to get into forensic accounting and found it very hard because, again, when you get these specializations, right, where do you get the training? There's right, not, right. oh, let me go to the forensic accounting school. It's not, <laughs> it's not like that. Right. So you have to kind of nitpick and figure out how your own training and create your own method of training in order to get where you need to go. So, But, that's but your, your program, Forensic Training Unlimited, you have those, those courses, right? Yes, we have we have courses that are based on the principles of investigation. So okay. again, I will pick on the accountant. You know, he came and um, yeah, it was all a crime scene based. But then we asked him, how would you apply it in order to find something 
you know, the numbers, the money, things like that. So we we got got into a great one-on-one discussion about that. And then that's what we're going to start to develop different avenues of how students can go into whatever they want. If they don't want forensics crime scene, but they want engineering, well, then that's the way to go. Right. We've also had writers that have come in. We've had probably four writers that have come in uh, and they want to write or they are currently doing a, a screenplay or a book. They want to get it right. They don't want to do the CSI TV show way. They want to do it the right way, right? So we just had, in the last class last year, we had a writer that came in. He was going on his fourth book, but it came to some type of forensic investigations that he was not familiar with, and he didn't want to do it by the show. So he came in and sat on about four classes of ours. Wow, that's really interesting. Speaking of books, (laughs) you, you know that I wrote my book through my eyes. CSI Memoirs That Haunt the Soul. Did you read it yet? I have read it. Um, I was in tears. Um, I'm sorry. Some of those, no, it's a good. It's good. Only because not, you can feel your emotion when you were writing this. You can see and read by just your words that this stuff is doesn't go away. So it, it's an excellent, excellent resource that we are going to require for the Academy members to read it for class 2020. Because here's the thing, uh, sometimes students come in and, hey, you know, I wanna be crime scene investigator, I wanna be in forensics, things like that. But they don't see the real life. Even though we we show them case studies and all of our instructors will tell them their personal view, to hammer it home, required reading is a must and this book is on the top of the list. Um, It just, uh, I've already sent it out to class 2020 uh, to start reading. Um, I mean, I have it on my Kindle, so it's great. I just, I love it. Um, and then the, your first uh, podcast with your mom, it was, oh, it was good. It's all good. Yeah. I, when you told me that my book was going to be mandatory reading for your class, I was so taken back. I was honored. I was, I, I can't even tell you what I felt like. It was like, wow, someone's going to actually use that you know, and, but that's what it was for. That, that was one of my main points was that, so the public can understand what police officers actually go through. And then also, so, so if you want to go in CSI or something similar, you would understand that it's not all just book work and, you know, doing your homework and listing pieces of evidence on a piece of paper. It's not just that it, you have to bring those scenes home with you. You know, I remember being at scenes and being able to push my emotions aside and and work on the scene because I was very methodical and and very organized and that was just my personality. I remember doing all that, but throughout the day I'm still looking at this, you know, dead body or this hurt little girl or a drowning victim. I'm still dealing with the emotions and and you're going to have to deal with that. I mean, you can't get around that. You can't no. shut that off. <laughs> no, my, my first case at the coroner's office, because I did some time there, and then I became a liaison between my program and the coroner's office. Um, you know, this little boy, um, unfortunately, he couldn't maneuver the turn on his scooter, and uh, he was going too fast. And unfortunately, a truck had hit him and then pulled him out under. And uh, long story short, you know, we were able to work on his body and this, his face wasn't the greatest. I went home that day, you know, just like you, you put it out of your mind. And then I was always in the habit of turning on the TV just for noise. And I remember hearing this woman just crying and crying. And I looked because my TV was mounted and there is the little boy that 
I can never forget that experience to, to this day. And I'm talking what 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it's just that thing that you just can't let go of. And there's certain things that will, will spark it, but I've learned not to turn the TV on just for noise like that. I just turn on music now. So, oh yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. get it. So, yeah. so yeah. So, um, so writing that book, it, it's like I said, it's all, you know, crime scene investigation scenes that are interesting to people, you know, um, but they just, they just forget about the emotions that go behind it. And and I'm glad your class is going to read it because all, all the courses they're going to take, you know, it's like, yeah, they're going to learn how to, how to, how to book the evidence. They're going to learn how to pull fingerprints. They're going to learn how to even do trace evidence on dead bodies. They're going to learn all those things. And it's very interesting, but (laughs) you got to step to the next level and okay, this is a person that you're touching that's dead on the ground. You know, you're right. going to, I, I think when you were talking about in your book about approaching the scene where the little boy was in the box, um, that's the Salty's case. Yeah. I, um, I can completely understand all that. I can completely emotionally accept all that. Students may not have that, um, that previous knowledge because they haven't received that previous experience. So to know that, to read that and to read your emotions as you were processing them, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it's, it's, it's different than showing a case study from, you know, pictures from here to there. Cause there's many cases that we, we uh, will preview and review during the Academy uh, some are high-profile cases, which uh, our, our coroner investigator instructor, she's from LA County Coroner, so she has a lot. But we look at those as, you know, we can't forget that those are people, mm-hmm. sons, daughters, moms, dads, the whole thing. And unfortunately, this is what has happened. So it, it's your book is an excellent resource because it reminds us that the emotional side we cannot ignore. It's not something that we can, it's just a textbook thing. It's just not like that. Right, right. Yeah. So to sum up, is there anything else that you want to talk about with, in regards to the forensic training unlimited? I I can't believe that you even own this company. It's amazing. I, and I'm from California. I'm from Northern California. And I wish I would have known about this when I lived there. I'm, I'm retired now and live in Tennessee, but I wish I would have known about this back then. And I'm wondering if some of your courses if some people from Northern California have ever taken your course? Actually, you know, my first student to date is from, um, well, in the, in the, let's say in the United States was Texas. She came, she had family here. So she came, we've had students as far as Sacramento. That's and where, I, then, that's where okay. I'm from. Yeah. And then this last class, we had a bunch of students from Santa Barbara County and a bunch of students from San Diego County. So it was this whole thing. And remember, they're they're making the trip right. two weekends a month for six months. Wow. So it it was, yeah. But but, but friend, that that shows their dedication and how much yes. that they want this. Yes. And some of those students were already working in the field. They just needed the the extra boost in order to uh, transfer to a forensic position. We've had people, um, you know, ID techs, things like that, that, that they just want to get into the field of forensics and they, they still couldn't. Uh, my friend's student, though, to date is from Belgium. Uh, she came, she has the degrees, she has family in San Diego. So she came to um, San Diego to visit her family to 
finished her education at San Diego State, and then she found our program. So um, she was making the trek as well. Uh, and then she just wow. told me about a few days ago she she got hired at San Diego um, Sheriff. So yeah, she's been there two months. I go, why didn't you tell me before? So there you go. Yeah, it's great. That's good it's news. Crazy. Okay, so so here here's something I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up. You have on-site training, and we have COVID nineteen going on right now. So right. what's what's going on with that? Well, um, originally the academy class twenty twenty was going to start in April. We've pushed that back to May. But you know what are you going to do, right? So those students, what I'm doing now for them, we're still going to start on April eighteenth. But we're going to do it virtually. I'm going to give them um, these interactive cases. We're going to discuss them. So I'm going to get them ready and prepped for when their hands-on training does start. Um, so we're going to do that because, again, we can't stop the training because it's they're going to be needed. It might not be this year, but it'll be next year. They're, they're going to be needed. So all those people that have registered for, for 2020, for class 2020, they're going to get they're going to start their training, but it's going to be virtually. Uh, other people uh, that are still not too sure about whether or not they want to go this route, I'm going to start offering free training as well. I'm going to put that on our social media and webpage. You know, what is forensics? Some, hey, here's some tips about a forensic career. What kind of questions are they going to ask you in an interview? Those types of things. Because again, with our current situation, doesn't mean that we have to stop learning. We just have to figure out a different way to learn. And that's right. what we're going to do. That's how right. we've addressed it. We have to adjust. Now, yes. okay, one last question I have for you. For the listeners out there who are interested in crime scene investigation, coroner, pathologist, anything that you've talked about, is there like one certain specific class that they can take and just only take one class and just see if it's for them? Is there something like that available? Well, yes and no, because it just depends upon the type of avenue you want to go to. So, for example, as a criminalist, you don't need to have a hard uh, science degree, chemistry, biology, things like that. Yeah, I, crime, I, I, didn't, I didn't have that. Right, right. <laughs> so as a, a crime scene investigator, they generally will require a non-hard science, okay? So for a crime scene, yeah, you can come in and sit in class and see if that's going to help you. For, for the pathologist route, come and sit in on the death investigations and see if you can even stomach that because right. even though it's in pictures, because I've had students say, that's the route I'm going to go. I'm going to be a coroner investigator. I'm going to be a pathologist. And they couldn't, they couldn't handle that. So right. especially with children, you know, you're still going to get child cases. So children mm -hmm. cases. So, and that's difficult, you know, it's difficult. Right. So oh, yeah. we, we kind of do it that way because we want to make sure that they, the students are a perfect fit. More importantly, is the training going to be a fit for you? You might change your mind. You know, things things happen. I want to be a coroner investigator, but it didn't go that way. You know, the pathway didn't go that way. And I fell in love with teaching. So I just was able to combine both. And here you go. Here you go. Right, right. Okay, so how can people, the listeners out there, get a hold of you? I mean, is there Twitter? Is there Facebook? And, and, and how do they get a hold of you on your website? Well, for the website, um, just go to ForensicScienceAcademy.org. It's all one word, ForensicScienceAcademy.org. And I'm on Twitter, um, Forensic187. I'm on uh, LinkedIn, Terry Armenta. I have Facebook. Just type in Forensic Science Academy, uh, Pinterest, Instagram. Uh, my whole passion is to help. I love helping people in whatever capacity. And I tell students, even if you don't come to our program and you need help uh, trying to establish or start your forensic career, 
I will help you. I, that's my goal. That's my passion. I love so it. So if they just have a question, just a simple question, they can just get on and just ask you anything. Yes. Ask me anything. I'm here to help oh. because in, in college, you know, they, they generally, and I think you and I are used to this, they, they don't train you, teach you how to get a job. They don't. Here's your degree. And yes, we're blessed to have it. But life goes on after that degree. What, what are you going to do with it? How do you get into the industry you want to get into it? And how can I talk to somebody who's already been there to give me some type of mentorship? It's, it's, it's difficult. And sometimes people are shy or intimidated. They don't, they don't want to reach out. So reach out. I'm here to help. Oh, good. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you on today. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time as well. Now, ForensicScienceAcademy.org for everyone. Have a great day. Join me next week when I interview Benjamin Tyler Smith, author of Blue Crucible. It's a post-apocalyptic sci-fi that includes horse patrol. The world may have fallen, but the Thin Blue Lines battle is only beginning. See you next week. The Real Life Podcast was recorded and is being made available by Anchor.fm and its affiliates solely for the informational and entertainment purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided and or expressed on the Real Life Podcast are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and are responsible for all show content and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the agencies and communities that the guests may serve. Some parts of the Real Life Podcast may contain adult content intended for people who are 18 years of age or older. Please listen responsibly.